Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I'm wondering, is it possible to break through the delusion, I said delusion, of the New Age spirituality movement? Is it possible to understand all the hype about enlightenment and awakening and do you have to be a vegan, meditating, ultra-spiritual yogi using crystals and plant-based medicine to balance your chakras and unlock your spiritual superpowers? Well, good questions, huh? I have one more. Can we achieve even greater wisdom by using great humor? Well, Tony Robbins says yes. He says our guest today has made an intelligent exploration of the spiritual delusions many fall prey to. And he suggests if we read his new book, we may even laugh beyond all understanding. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind. Connect with your heart. And settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce one of my favorite guests, welcome back to J.P. Sears. He's an emotional healing coach, if you can believe that. He is an international teacher, speaker, world traveler, and curious student of life. His work empowers people to live more meaningful lives. JP speaks and performs at numerous events, conferences, festivals, and retreats around the world. He is very active on his YouTube channel, most famous for his really entertaining show, informative, humorous, yes, and inspiring videos called the ultra spiritual comedy series he's been recently released he has recently released a book how to be ultra spiritual and we're going to find out and see if we can break through the delusion of this new age spirituality movement welcome back jp hey dr julie thank you for having me back and thank you for giving me such a wonderful introduction you i think you made me appear as some kind of coherent human being so thank you for that wonderful intro and for having me on again it's so uh, wonderful to be here with you you're welcome i wanted to make you more than a coherent human being i wanted to really make you be guru status did i fail yeah, well, you you threw in the Tony Robbins endorsement, which is wonderful. You know, his documentary, I Am Not Your Guru, is entitled that because, of course, I am your guru. <laughs> so I, I think you really set that up to accomplish the objective. Excellent. All righty. Well, we'll see if we can finish that throughout this hour with you because this is really serious matter here so i'm looking forward to it and i do have my traditional question and you did answer it last time you're on the show but i trust because you are even more enlightened now that you wrote a book mm-hmm. your answer is probably even like even better than ever in this moment of now so i'm going to ask you my traditional first question if you could share with our listeners what does all things connected mean to you that uh, right now it means receiving support and if i was elaborating on that briefly um 
the the support that life gives us the universe god just kind of whatever word we use to describe the the force of nature that's beyond what we think we are receiving that support i think is huge receiving the support is therefore what connects us to what we think is beyond ourself it's like the apple on the apple tree accepting uh, the stem that connects it to the branch that connects it to the tree that connects it to the earth that connects it to our solar system that connects it to our galaxy that connects it to our universe that connects it to our multi-universes so wow receiving in a word is what i'm trying to say that is brilliant and i know this is going to be a interesting conversation because I really, I'm, I'm a pretty serious person and people usually see me as really kind of serious, one of these serious people. But that was a really serious answer from a really funny dude. And I just have to pause there and say receiving that support is really a whole new way for us to look at this paradigm. We have so many people, I'm going to ask you what is ultra spiritual in a second, and you can define it for us. But so many people in this new age and in this era we're in are really not thinking about receiving, they're thinking about getting or going after or being or like, I'm not doing enough or I'm not enough. Or I'm so receiving that support is a really brilliant and poignant way to assist us in looking at how this universe works. Yeah, well, I, I love your reflection on it. <clears throat> and receiving has been a, a big thing in my life uh, lately, the past six months. It is so easy not to receive. It's the easy way out. Uh, but to be able to receive energetically, psychologically, physically, we have to be vulnerable or else like nothing can get in. Uh, we we open ourselves up to receive, which means we're vulnerable, which means guess what? Our, our we're going to get scared. It's easier not to. And I think especially us weirdos in the, the new age community, but also any kind of helping profession, we we think like, wow, we're we're doing the tough job. And thank God for us, we're giving to people all the time. We're helping them. We're giving them insights. We're givers. And honestly, uh, only giving is taking the easy way out. It's really being selfish while being disguised as selfless. So to me, receiving, and like you said, it's not taking, it's not going out and making it happen. Those are all methods of control, but the state of surrender called receiving to me is where we really uh, get connected uh, to, to other people, to life beyond what we think we are. Mm. So there's that wisdom that comes through from from JP, which is brilliant. And I I just want to underline that receiving I, that it's the easy way out. And so many people, even receiving financially, people are like, I give, I give, I give, I give, and and then we just become martyrs, and we really haven't learned to really receive, especially in the spiritual yeah. community. So, yeah, thank you for that. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you allowing me to say out loud what I really need to hear. I, I hope I heard <laughs> it, and I love your reflections on it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yes, so I am sure we're going to have lots of different reflections here, but I would love to hear you speak on what is ultra-spiritual. So I got your book in front of me since the last time that you were here. You published this book, mm-hmm. How to Be Ultra Spiritual. Congratulations. And I have to tell you, I'm like, now what do I want to do with this book? It really would be great in the bathroom for people to pick up. <laughs> and it would be great in my waiting room for people to pick. I don't know what to do with it now. But I would love well, to hear you speak more on it. Yeah. What were you well, going to say? Dr. Julie, I think the obvious solution to your dilemma is you need to uh, purchase probably 10 or 20 more copies of the book mm-hmm. so that it can be in every room of your house and your office. So d- doesn't that sound like a, the perfect solution? Well, you know what? I have to tell you, I've already thought about that, JP, and I have one, two, three, four, five bathrooms at my home and one, two, three, four bathrooms at my cabin. So that's what, nine? And I have a bathroom at my office that's 10, and that doesn't even include every other room and the waiting room. So Yeah, so we need to connect you to the publisher Sounds True to get you and, you know, the bulk order status for wholesale. I mean, I'd be like probably at least a hundred uh, books is going to serve you well. That's what I'm thinking. I'm really yeah. thinking that. And after reading your book, I also thought about putting one of those, um, oh, I don't remember what it's called, little libraries. Do you know how they have the, in the parks and cities, they'll have these little um, boxes made of wood that look like a house and they're a free Gosh. library, you know, and sure. you just open, you can borrow it and, you know, return whatever. And I was thinking about, putting that outside of my office and filling it with how to be ultra spiritual. You, wow, you are a wise woman. This is incredible. I, wow. These are breakthroughs, Dr. Julie, just absolutely wonderful. And is something I, I will say, um, I think it's important to judge books by the cover and uh, my book happens to have my image on the cover, so I think needless to say, we can judge it to be a wonderful book. And and I've, from what I've heard, people are getting great results just from buying the book, whether or not they read it or not. I don't care, but great results just from buying the book. Yeah, <laughs> How's I've that heard for that shameless, too. horrible self promotion. No, I really, I've heard that too. People are just buying it. And it just being in their space is giving them really clear energy and um, raising their vibration. And it is, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've allowed me to ramble on you uh, about 45 minutes ago at this point. You'd ask me what ultra spiritual is. So ultra spiritual is a term that i created to highlight the egotistical side of the spiritual movement so the definition of ultra spiritual is looking spiritual nothing to do with being spiritual but everything to do with looking spiritual so that you can gratify your ego through your spirituality more Uh, so i've been having a lot of fun with it and I would dare, if I can uh, uh, tell a little secret about myself, I'd say that the the inspiration for the ultra-spiritual 
videos, the book has been me. Uh, it's it's my way of shining. No. The, yeah, I've, <gasps> seriously. Okay, it's your way of shining what? Uh, shining the light on uh, the shadows where my my ego's desperation to gratify itself, make it significant, make itself significant through noble, altruistic looking ways. Uh, I call myself out on it. And I've been delighted over the past uh, couple of years for other people to see the videos, see the book as a mirror where they can recognize like, wow, I do that too. I practice competitive consciousness where I'm uh, at times coming from a loving, accepting perspective, and other times I'm saying the same thing, doing the same practice, but I'm coming from a I'm more conscious than you perspective. So if for a lot of people to be able to humble themselves and see themselves in the ultra-spiritual mirror, that's very flattering to me, and I do think it takes a lot of humbleness. And I... I would also say it, it it's therapeutic for me because it helps me feel like, oh, good, I'm not the only one. And probably what what's most exciting for me is when we as a community can look in the ultra-spiritual mirror, see the goofy, egotistical-based things that we do, that we hide in our spiritual practice, when we can recognize those and be amused by them rather than shaming ourselves about them. Mm. That to me is the most exciting part. To me, that means, wow, we're actually falling into a place of self-acceptance where we can say, wow, I really, I really egotistical here. And that's okay. At least I recognize it now rather than seeing our egotistical nature, shaming ourselves for it, which shame, that's an emotion that's just based on our egotistical nature. So it's getting more egotistical about our egotistical nature while pretending Mm -hmm. we're uh, getting free of it through the hand of shame. Well, you know, your approach is really more delightful than others. I have a um, a friend who is a spiritual author and he talks about spiritual narcissism and he's getting really angry and cranky about it. And so I love your approach much better. And did I miss your confession in the book somewhere? Did you confess in this book? Well, I wrote the book about me, though nowhere in the book did I say that I wrote the book about me. Okay. Okay. So, and I think it would it would have sort of like dampened the the creative spirit of the book and the you know the yeah. the character writing the book. That's true. The book is brilliant, by the way, and it is so fun to read. And I don't know how much humor and satire can ooze through your fingertips with that computer. It's amazing, even how you um, cite the book and make sure that everything is so well done. It's, it's incredible. You did a great job. You did a really good job. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate hearing that. And, you know, on that note, when I was uh, beginning the book, but also I think more so when I knew I was going to write the book, but before I had started writing it, that was a really insecure time because making videos is one thing. That's that's one artistic expression. But writing is 
a different artistic expression, even if, even if it's of a similar subject matter. So I had I had uh, you know sort of established okay the humor and satire it can come through well on video, but now in on a book that's like going from painting to sculpting, and can it translate? Can I find the the uh, voice of my writing uh, that was that was scary for me and and I'm also glad mm-hmm. that I was willing to go through the uh, fires of that fear rather than just being intimidated away from them and uh, at the risk of sounding narcissistic probably because I am narcissistic I was also very uh, pleased and amused with how the the written voice came through yeah it 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 is there and yeah, it you really amplified really your message from the videos onto the page. It really does amplify it and it it just is like this epic marathon. Um and you you hold it, you hold that frequency through the book and it just keeps going and going and going. I don't know how your brilliant creative genius mind works, but um, it did well. It did really well. So let me take you back to this, what is ultra spiritual? You talk in the book um, about this definition and you gave us a definition, but I was wondering if you could do just a brief checkup for my family and friends, because you kind of give us a list in the book of what's ultra spiritual and you, you, there's a lot of really cool things in this book. So would you mind doing a little family friend checkup with me? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, what are we checking for? Well, we're going to check and see if my family and friends are ultra spiritual. Ah, okay. And I have a long list here. I, I really thought this out. There are several important people in my life, and I wanted to make sure I included them all. So are you ready? Hit me with it, sister. Okay. So I've noticed that my husband has a really hard time looking into my eyes. And in fact, he often closes them when he's looking mm-hmm. at me. So what does that mean? Well, he's definitely not ultra spiritual that means he's intimidated by the intimate eye contact that you can offer maybe uh better said the intimidating eye contact that you can offer so Mm -hmm. unfortunately he is not ultra spiritual am i gazing too much then well i would say if he's still in the room you're not gazing hard enough oh okay I'll work on that too then. Yeah. Okay. So my daughter, she loves essential oils and she, she doesn't even have a medicine cabinet. Like she uses oils for everything. She cooks with it. She heals with it. She makes smelly things with it all the time. Is she ultra spiritual? Yes, she is. Uh, You know, ultra spiritual people know that essential oils can be used for anything. I think, you know, using essential oils as remedies to common ailments instead of using treatments that actually work, that's a, that's important. And in fact, essential oils are so effective that you can actually use essential oils to cure yourself of an essential oil addiction. Really? Yeah. Well, she just told me she went and cleared out its storage space and she found even more essential oils 
So maybe I should talk to her about her addiction to essential oils. Yeah. So she'll need to get more essential oils to start treating the addiction. Okay. Thanks. I'll um, send you a note. You can tell me which ones she needs for that. You, she'll okay. need she'll need all of them, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, then she's okay, unless she really needs more, because I think she has all of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay let's she... move on. Okay. My great niece. Okay. My great niece. My little tiny great niece. She's learning to talk, and she has a very, very light and airy tone. In fact, I have to lean way down to even hear her talk. Is she ultra spiritual already? It sounds like she is. Wow. That, it, very yeah. touchy. In fact, it sounds like she might be the next incarnation of the Dalai Lama. So you might want to have her DNA tested like a 23andMe test. She might have a lot of Dalai Lama in her blood. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to tell my sister that right away because that is so exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank oh, you. absolutely. Okay. okay. I do have a few more here. My niece, my not my great niece, my niece, she's like 22. She is an incredible dancer and she can do all of these amazing yoga poses. She can even like do handstand yoga poses on a paddleboard in the middle of the lake. Like she's that good. She does this acrobatic yoga, takes all kinds of amazing selfies in the most unusual poses. She's like, she's amazing, but she posts all these selfies and it's just it inspires me. Is she ultra spiritual? You know, she's close, but no. What I like about what she's doing is a lot of selfies. Those are obviously uh, selfless. They give to other people the more you selfishly take selfies. And But uh, the yoga poses are great. But where the clue was that she's not yet ultra spiritual is she's doing yoga on stand-up paddle boards on a lake. Lakes are so low vibrational. Once she's doing stand-up paddleboard yoga on the ocean, then then we know she's ultra-spiritual. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to ask her if she's ever done that on the ocean before. I've never seen a selfie of her on the ocean on a paddleboard yet. I'm going to, I'll check that one out. Thank you. I'll yeah. give that to her. I'll give that advice to her. And you might want to start praying for her. Okay. Any suggestions on how to pray for her? Uh, yeah, I would uh, not pray for her because praying is too religious. It's not spiritual enough. So I would pray for her by setting intentions for her. Okay. Alrighty. Perfect. Okay. Three or four more. And, uh, and then we can get into the, the, the best of our conversation here. But I really want to check out these people. So I have somebody in my life now. I'm not going to tell you who this somebody is. Because it's a, you know, quote, somebody, unquote, <laughs> in my life who continually finds fault in others. In fact, when I spend time with her, the conversation usually centers around people I don't even know and all of their shortcomings. Like yeah. people I don't even know, but I'm learning about who they are with through their faults and stuff. So every time I'm around her, I kind of feel like a failure. Is she ultra spiritual? Uh, yeah, she does sound like she's ultra spiritual. If she can come from such a, a high level of consciousness that it's easier for her to see people's low level of consciousness based flaws, 
I mean, it sounds like she's coming from a wonderful place. Mm, yeah. And obviously very caring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I have this friend who goes to these really, really, really expensive spiritual retreats at, at least once a year. And in fact, she's starting to host them too. And she has this really, really, really expensive life coach. And she pays this life coach even more than I paid for my car. Mm -hmm. Is she ultra spiritual? Uh, no, she's oh. be, because she, it sound based on what you've told me, she hasn't been advertising the exact dollar amounts that she's paid for the life coach and the retreats. We know she's ultra spiritual when she talks more about how much she pays for the retreats than she does what happens at the retreats. Mm, be, so because that, that exact dollar amount allows you to understand the exact dollar amounts worth of value that she gets from the <laughs> spiritual retreats. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll pay attention when she elevates to that level. I'll let you know. I'll send you an email. Yeah. Okay, so just one more friend, and then I want to ask you a question about myself before we go to break here. I have a friend who signs all his emails with love and light, and he even has a job title as planetary light worker. Is he ultra spiritual? I, he would be ultra spiritual, and uh, I'd love to know which university he got his planetary light worker degree from. But mm -hmm. you know, nonetheless, he sounds like a wonderful, high vibrational, ultra spiritual being. Yeah, yeah, he really is. I, yeah, he really is. Okay, so one for me, okay, and then we'll take a break. I like to share these beautiful contemplative quotes on Facebook. I love to put them with this beautiful, relaxing or, or, or some kind of a gorgeous image. But I, I love sharing quotes on social media. Does that mean that I'm ultra spiritual? Well, Dr. Julie, you are a tough case to crack. Oh. So you have a, a complex diagnosis that is an ultra-spiritual act. It really is, especially when you're sharing quotes from other people's thoughts that are not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. But when you're sharing a quote of someone else's thoughts who's you know smarter than you are, then you appear smarter than you are when you're sharing their thought instead of your own thought on social media. So that I like that. But... Earlier in our conversation, you revealed that you only have one copy of my book. And that that really lets me know you're not a dedicated ultra-spiritualist. So what you have working for you is you're doing ultra-spiritual acts, mm. posting the quotes on social media. But to become an ultra-spiritual being, um, I, I think you know the solution, and it's you know, several cases of books at wholesale. Well, before I get my cases of books here, if I start posting like really beautiful, contemplative, inspiring quotes from you on social media, when I promote this show, will that elevate my status? Uh, yeah. As long as you tag me, that'll actually 
uh, that does your it? status significantly. Okay. okay, great. Good. Well, I'm going to go make myself a note. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you more because I, you're an amazing diagnostician, but I'm going to change the conversation a little bit more and we'll see if we can have a little more fun. So we'll take a quick break. Sounds we'll be great. right back. Okay. Free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your flap. Socks go in first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. You're struggling with your mortgage. You think about it. You don't do anything but think about it. What are we going to do if we lose the house? Where are we going to go? At work. I can't let anybody find out. I'm so embarrassed. At dinner. How can I tell the kids? It's going to wreck their lives. And at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get through this. What's going to happen to us? It's time to stop thinking. It's time to start dialing. Call 1-888-995-HOPE for a free government program that offers expert one-on-one advice about your mortgage options. I'm all alone. No, you're not. We've helped over a million homeowners, and we want to help you. And now there are more ways to help. Call 1-888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Brought to you I have an asthma attack. I feel scared. Kind of like an elephant is on my chest. I feel like I'm choking. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital. You know how to react to their asthma attacks. Here's how to prevent them. Visit www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Adding light to the world, one heart at a time. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. 
Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to go out and buy this book, How to Be Ultra Spiritual. But I also invite you to share it with others and listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a list of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. And also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. And I'm here with J.P. Sears. I almost called you Spears. That I... That's interesting. Um, maybe that means something to you. But J.P. Sears, and you can find more about J.P. at awakenwithjp.com. Again, awakenwithjp.com. Um, J.P., so at the beginning of the show, thank you for all that that amazing help right before break, by the way. Yeah, I'm happy to serve. Okay, awesome. Um, we talked about this, you know, Tony Robbins said this spiritual delusion. And um, you talk about the, you know, the newer age and the new age has become the old age. And I'm wondering if you can help us understand what this delusion thing we're talking about before we go into more of the ultra spiritual. Yeah, I think the delusion, uh, as I see it, is that we're something more than human beings. And I, I think when we're walking a, you know, a conscious path, working on ourselves, being spiritual people, we have so many wonderful things going for us. And I would guess our path, our active, proactive ways of helping ourselves grow uh, spiritually, emotionally, work for us really well. However, there's a a shadow that can creep in where we start acting, if not feeling, as though we're above being a human. We're above anger. We're above messiness. We're above judgments. We're above the little messy things that make us absolutely a human being. And I think the most harmful way that I see that playing out in this delusional nature is when uh, people, including the one named JP, disconnects from their emotions. When people disconnect from their emotions because they have a strong, persistent, rationalized story in their head that says spiritual people don't get angry, spiritual people don't get afraid, they don't get ashamed, they don't feel guilt grief, jealousy, all those things. So I will suppress mine. Uh, with, you know, the, the inner voice would say, I don't have it. But I think the reality is we suppress it. We emotionally constipate ourselves so that we can pretend our mundane, icky human emotions aren't there so we can justify our delusional sense of how spiritual we are. Yet I think ironically, our emotions are a direct gateway into our spirituality. Carl Jung has said, our feelings are the language of our soul. So if if that's halfway true, that means connecting to our feelings and our emotions is a very, very powerful Uh, step deeper into our authentic spirituality. But when we get delusional and say, well, uh, human emotions, that's that makes you human and that makes it anti-spiritual, then we can get into suppressing and repressing, disconnecting from our emotions, which in my opinion 
disconnects us spiritually, but we can live under the illusion that we're more connected spiritually while we're disconnected spiritually because we're disconnecting from our emotions. So to me, that is, that's one of the principal uh, aspects of the delusion that we operate under. Mm. Well, not only was what you were saying kind of really confusing, but emotions are really confusing and overwhelming and sometimes even impossible to deal with. So what do you recommend? How how do we be a ultra spiritual person and really integrate and express and, and, and do what you're talking about with emotions? Yeah, well, first, I, uh, you know, from my point of view, I don't think emotions are impossible to deal with because they are, they're made by us. It's like they're a, they're a aspect of the human being made by the human being. It's not some outside force that's beyond our comprehension. Certainly there's times in a moment of overwhelm or a period of life of overwhelm where we need to disconnect so that we can then reconnect to the emotion when we're in a safer place to, to process it. But long story short, whether we're in the moment or if it's after the fact, to me, what's so important when it comes to being connected to our emotions is uh, a couple of things. One, and this is not so elegantly said, making sure we're feeling our feelings, giving ourselves permission to do that. And, and how we do that is intentionally look for them. We might, we due to reactive patterns, our modus operandi might be to move away from emotions. So when we want to choose a, a, a different way, we've got to do something different. So intentionally looking for our emotions and intentionally feeling the feelings, making sure we're breathing. And, and here's a little trick. When we're getting into our emotions, being, you know, doing this buzzword called being vulnerable. I believe it's most helpful to have the mindset that says, I am feeling these feelings because they're mine. And I am feeling my feelings to feel them, period. Not to make them go away, uh, otherwise, if we get into the mindset of, oh, I'm going to feel this feeling really quick so that the darn thing will go away. Well, that's not self-acceptance. That's self-rejection. Um, I don't think painful emotions have ever hurt anyone. I think we hurt ourselves by trying to avoid our painful emotions. And and just a, a quick footnote to all that, by no means am I advocating uh, uh, be uh, dwelling in emotions and being a victim and say, well, I'm, I'm sad and I'm just going to be sad for the next tw- uh, 20 years. No, no, not at all. I'm not advocating denial on the other polarity and certainly not advocating dwelling on uh, the opposite polarity, but the space in between where we're feeling for the sake of processing, just the same way we're we process food through our digestion. It moves through us. We don't get stuck and constipated, nor are we anorexic where we uh, just deny food, but we're allowing ourselves to feel for the purpose of processing, drinking in the emotion. Um, 
So in my opinion, that intention, that self-permission to intentionally seek out and feel the feelings that are there is so important. And I find it hilarious and a not so funny kind of way that we go through our school from five years old to 18 years old or, you know, even longer if you uh, spent uh, the time and money on a college education. And for the most part, uh, we don't even get an hour of education from an emotional perspective. It's thousands of hours of logical education. And that, that's awesome. That's got its time and place. Yet I do believe that emotions are one of the most powerful forces of our nature. They can be really used for us. I mean, it is just emotions are the passion of life, whether it's happiness, sadness, or anything in between. Yet if we don't know how to harness it, if we don't know how to connect with it, if we don't know how to accept the actual feelings inside of us as they arise, then there's this powerful force of nature that not only doesn't work for us, but it seemingly starts to work against us because mm -hmm. we don't allow it in our lives. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to pause and breathe that in because there again, you have this wisdom that just weaves in and out of the fun humor of the ultra spiritual and it and it just really needs to land and ground. I really appreciate your your message on emotion. Now, I do know there was there's this rumor that a guy named Maslow created needs and these this hierarchy of needs and he you know he really talked about the human needs as, as being important and yeah. and you know he he even told us which ones to to address first and and not and then you say that it's ultra spiritual to not have needs like i'm really confused about needs can you talk to us about needs yeah, so being needless is what, I, for me, that would fall into the category of being ultra-spiritual. It's one of those things that we do where we you know, delusionally pretend we are something more than a human, but welcome to humankind. And I agree with Maslow, mm. we're all needy. I think there's two types of people in this world, those who are needy and then those who are so needy that they need to not be needy. So they're in denial of their neediness. Uh, you know, I think one of the reasons why we love to pretend we're not needy is fundamentally our needs connect us to our vulnerabilities. They connect mm -hmm. us to our mortality. You know, we have the need to breathe. We have the need for food, water, shelter, need for safety, need for human connection. And those are, you know, uh, codependently, those are things we can't give ourselves. Uh, I mean, we can find our food for ourselves, yet we need things outside of ourselves. Now, we need plenty inside of ourselves. I don't want to discount the inner path. That's so important. Yet, when we realize, wow, when I really accept my needy nature, I, I really am connected to my my vulnerabilities and my, you know, my 
human mortal nature, and that can be scary. So it can be a, a, essentially a, a denial of fear technique where we deny our neediness because we really want to deny the fear that comes up around our neediness. It is really scary when we have a need that isn't being met. It is really scary when we have a need that we know is not going to be met. Yet that doesn't mean, mean the need is not there. So, you know, that's, I'm delusional enough that apparently I need to believe all those beliefs about needs and neediness. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there's, honestly, in my life, I've had so many years, probably decades, worth of self-rejection uh, around my needs mm. that it, it it just really blows my mind. And I think our neediness can be a catalyst into either self-rejection or self-acceptance. You know, simple words that I, I'm constantly asking people to repeat out loud are, I am needy and it's okay. Now, and this isn't to be taken out of context where we can adopt a victim mentality and become uh, needy uh, about everything. I need something from you all the time. Yeah, that's that's like extreme codependence. And then on the other extreme might be the illusion of self-sufficiency. It's like, oh, I don't need anything from anybody uh, nor the earth. I'm, I'm just uh, so we're we're not looking to be stuck at one polarity of uh, at needing uh, all the time from other people nor denying needs uh, or neediness around other people all the time. I'm seeing a pattern starting here with you, JP, about this polarity thing going and the denying and the, the attachment piece. So like what you just said reminded me of your words of receiving support about the same thing with our needs. It's like allowing ourselves to be more human allows us to even receive our needs and honor them honor and receive yeah amen to that uh, yeah. i i really agree with that and you know it's like when we when we can't even acknowledge our own needs then we are in a very rigid posture of denying rather than receiving the support that is there for us and it, just a, a quick additional delusional opinion when it comes to neediness and receiving. I think all of us at one time or several thousand times, we have received support. And it might be like, okay, mom or dad is giving us love and affection, you know, as simple as that, which is wonderful support. Might be a, you know, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. And then we have that support taken away. And that, t that equals rejection, you know, emotions of rejection come up and we say, wow, that is painful. I never want to experience this shame of rejection again. So guess what? I'll just never receive again, because if I don't receive support and connection, then it's impossible for it to be taken away. And if it's impossible for it to be taken away, I'll never feel rejected again. So I think a, a willingness to be vulnerable, tender, 
and surrendered rather than in control, mm. where we realize we not only might, but we will at times feel the pain of rejection, uh, the pain of loss of support that's taken away, whether it's the great support and champion that someone gives us, and then their attention is uh, uh, drawn elsewhere that can feel like a loss or certainly in more dramatic terms, a loved one that we've received deeply dies. I think uh, on a not so optimistic note, one of my favorite authors, he's a Jungian psychologist named James Hollis. He points out the obvious that a lot of us never think about. If you live long enough, everybody in your life will eventually leave you yeah, they'll either leave you through choice or they'll leave you through death if you live long enough. Mm. So receiving is risky. Allowing our needs to be met is risky because we will hurt eventually. Welcome to humankind. And when we live in denial of our needs, denying receiving long enough, we might start to realize, wow, it is even riskier not to receive. I, I, I die a very slow, painful, hollow, empty, unfulfilled death when I continue to deny. But when I can receive, yes, we know eventually there will be hurt. Doesn't mean I like it, doesn't mean I want it, doesn't mean I have to intentionally create it, but it will be there. The question is, are we willing, do we have the courage to face those uh, challenges and the pains that come up? Yeah. Okay. So that's really big. That was really big. (laughs) And that was really heavy. We're talking about emotions and we're talking about needs and we're being real and we're being human. And it can be big and heavy, but it's real and it's good. And so, Let's chase that medicine with a little playfulness now so that we can bring that right back up again and teach people how to modulate their own emotions if they're feeling that heavy and that big. So I like it's, so here's my my dying question and, and I, I would love to hear your opinion about this because part of this new age spirituality and this delusion that we're talking about and and being ultra spiritual, I, I want to bring this back to this, what I'm seeing a lot. And I'd love for your opinion, because I really need the help. I work with many different organizations, many different groups that are working we're around the world. And there's this urgency to wake people up. Like, we got to hurry. And like that consciousness you were talking about earlier in the show, right? Where it's time to awaken and it's, and we've got to do what we can to wake people up. And I had one expert on the line one time who says, you can't wake anybody up, but here's what we can do. So I'm really curious about the guru, JP Sears here. When you're talking about awakening, I want to hear what your definition of awakening is, but really, can we help others wake up? Uh, that's a great question, and, and I definitely don't know, but it won't stop me from having a delusional opinion uh, about it. To me, waking up means we're we're aware of more 
than we just were. We're more self-aware. We acknowledge more of what's going on in the world. So uh, to me, uh, waking up, uh, oftentimes it's treated as a destination. Are you awake or are you asleep? Uh, wake up. Now you're across the destination. Eh, I kind of think awakening is a journey, not a destination. So we, if that's true, it means we can always wake up further. So uh, compared to where we were a month ago. Hopefully we're a little bit more awakened now. We're a little bit more self-aware, a little bit more outer world aware, a little bit more aware of what was once a mystery to us. And with that said, can you help another person wake up? I sure wish you could, though it doesn't seem like we can from my point of view. You know, the, the old saying, uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink it. Uh, so maybe we're all horses. Uh, maybe we can we can sound the alarm, but how that impacts a person is truly up to them. Uh, we we can scream the messages of the alarm, but it doesn't mean it will be heard. So I think the best we can do is invite other people to invite themselves to wake up. And and with that, it kind of means I think those of us in a you know a, a helping profession, certainly you, Dr. Julie, are in a helping uh, profession. The best we can do, in my opinion, is constantly do our best to offer from a position of a facilitator. And to me, the difference between a facilitator and say a teacher is a facilitator acknowledges that the other person's power is found within themselves. Uh, if it was our job to wake people up, then I would dare say that somehow means we have their power or we have power over them. But to me, the best we can do is be the lighthouse, shining the light that we know how to shine in the best way that we know how to shine it. And uh, from there, patiently uh, wait for some to wake themselves up to a more waking level of consciousness and lovingly accept the ones that don't and realize that what waking up looks like for one person might be very different than what we expect it to look like for them. So uh, the little reality check is sometimes when people are waking up to a new level, to our eyes, uh, it might look like they're staying the same because they're not waking up how we did. So I, I think sort of like the the uh, humbleness to know that we don't know uh, whether or not people are really waking up is important as well, just for our sanity. Mm. Well, thank you for that. Okay, JP, it's been a delight having you here again. And I always enjoy your wisdom and your humor. And I, I'm just curious in 30 seconds or less, if there's anything that you haven't said, maybe something really enlightening, encouraging, because you are such an enlightened being about the state of our world right now like what can you send our listeners off with some 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 fun new enlightened way of of looking at what's going on in our world yeah what comes to my heart first and foremost is crusade for what you stand for rather than crusading against what you don't stand for i think our power and our energy 
is much more effective when we're crusading for what we stand for rather than bleeding it out against what we don't stand for. Nice. All righty. Thank you. JP, um, I hope you come back again and again. It's always so much fun, good therapy, and just a delight to have you with us. Oh, thank you, Dr. Julia. It is such an honor to be here hanging out with you. Oh, I love it. I'd love to just hang out with you in person sometime. We'll have to we'll have to plan that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. All righty. So you've been listening to the Dr. Julie show. We're here with the ultra spiritual ultra spiritual author, JP Sears, and so much more. Go out and check out that book. You might want 10 for your restrooms, how to be ultra spiritual. And I appreciate you tuning in with us today. Remember together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. Bye for now.